The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. have declared emergency across the continent. The carbon monoxide levels from these asteroids are unprecedented. It's like an extinction-level event. I'm calling in an airstrike before this escalates any further. Save our son. Mom's here, okay? We gotta go. Don't you see what's happening here? It's everyone for themselves. If you need someone to kick some monster ass, I'm your guy. Showtime. This is no longer about war. It's about annihilation. Welcome to They Called Us a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Called Us a Movie and find us on Twitter and Instagram at TickTamPod. That's T-C-D-A-M-Pod. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and you could find them at GVNation.com. Welcome back to They Called Us a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, friends. I thought in honor of this movie... Um, I'm going to legally change my first name to be longer. Um, I can now go by Marcus. There you go. Yeah, I wouldn't do anything in honor of this movie. <laughs> forget yeah. it. In honor of this movie, I'm going to forget this movie exists. Uh, how about that? That's a pretty easy thing to do, I'd say. This is, oh boy. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Uh, so this is, uh, just so everybody knows, we had our first unscheduled week off. For the first time yeah. in a long time, because I got COVID, um, I blame Mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, I, it's all, it's all the marks. I'm, that, I'm starting to, I'm starting to uh, give Dan some competition, being uh, five feet away from Ant for almost an hour, and did not get COVID. Yep, but I did. <laughs> like I said, I think the, I think the, uh, the cure is within our blood, Mark. Yes. <laughs> you know, I know you keep saying that. It, it historically in those stories it doesn't end well for you no, no. <laughs> we we disappear forever and there's some uh secret government cover-up like oh yeah you know they died tragically in a in a humvee accident or something like yeah. that like dan never drove a humvee yeah you don't want to you don't want the cure to be in your bloodstream because there's only one way to get that out <laughs> <laughs> right. and i don't do well with do you think that would help if i told the government i don't i'm not good with needles it's like yeah we'll just we'll just take cut your head off that's the other way to get it oh it's yeah. fine man don't worry we're just gonna kill you you're you're you don't have to worry yeah. about the needle hey just lay your head in this rest make sure it's straight 
<laughs> You're going to be out when we do it, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Just lean and, over this bucket for a second. <laughs> and the conspiracy theorist in me blames the uh, kid that smacked his head on the steps while we were waiting in line for giving you right. a False flag. <laughs> <laughs> Distracted me while someone rubbed coronavirus <laughs> on me. That's the old bait and switch, huh? <laughs> yeah it used to be in the cold war it'd be like a an umbrella with like a pin at the end that would poison you <laughs> hey, just... you, you jab him real quick oh sorry man i didn't mean to do that <laughs> that was just someone like slapping me with a used napkin with COVID <laughs> coronavirus on it but besides that we all watched some stuff this week so what did you watch this week guys dan what about you so uh, I watched on, I believe it's on Paramount Plus. I watched The Lost City with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. It's fine, you know. Again, <laughs> nothing to really. I, I can't. I can't say anything good or bad about it. It's a. It's a movie. It's. Sure. Uh, it does its job for. Oh, I want to say it's close to two hours. Oof. You know, some some laughs here and there. Run the yeah, run of the mill like rom com. Now, does Paramount Plus have commercials? Uh, no. Okay. No. So I, I know on the offer, which I, I've also been watching on Paramount Plus, what they do is they kind of do like a faux commercial. Like it'll it'll cut to black for maybe five seconds and then come back. So I guess that's their like spacing. But I haven't seen I haven't seen commercials on any of the movies. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, and the second one I watched on Disney Plus was uh the Chippendale movie. So uh I that had gotten a lot of buzz on the interweb. So I, I gave it a I, I checked it out. And it's nice. It, it was a lot of fun. Very, very cute. Um it, a lot of fan service in there. You got a lot of different characters. It's I think it's the new generation's Roger Rabbit, someone put it as. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it was cool. One. Yeah. I, I liked it. I thought it was fun. Um I, I think you guys would enjoy it. Cool. All right. Uh, Mark, what about you? Yeah, so that, that segues into the thing I watched it pretty well. Um, also something that I saw in the zeitgeist on my Twitter feeds and all that. Um, and something I don't normally watch, but everybody was talking about this um, this anime that just came out on, I believe it's Hulu? Um, uh, Spy Family. Um, apparently the writing uh, was pretty amazing and not like um, kind of played with the idea of anime stuff. Um, uh, like, basically, they they know that the cuteness is the, the little tiny child in the, in, the, uh, in the show and just play that up. And then just um, the idea, of, in short, is that um, you're following uh, this spy that can disguise himself as anybody, basically, and he needs to um, create a family to take down this, this terrorist he's trying to take down. Um, so he goes and adopts a child that he doesn't know can read minds. So she's constantly reacting to um, like anything he's thinking or the people are thinking around him. And um, uh, it just leads to in the writing there, it leads to some pretty good comedic situations, um, which, which I actually laughed out loud while watching. And then um, the the wife that he ends up having um, is a uh, trained assassin. Um, so, and the only one that knows everything, like the secret identities and all that is this little six-year-old girl that can read minds. So, um, and she's also like a fangirl of spy assassin novels. So it's like, she's having this dream fantasy thing about being in this family, but, uh, the writing's real sharp. Um, 
you know, it's not over the top tropey in, in sort of things. And the, um, the situations are, um, while slightly predictable, um, are kind of satisfying and um, do touch at some um, weird social issues that you don't think about because the, the assassin lady is like a 27 year old single woman. And, you know, there's a whole subplot about the people around her um, and maybe the government itself thinking that's something she should go to jail for. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting. If, you, if you're into anime, and I think you would really enjoy it, and I think if some people just like some, um, you know, well-written shows, um, I would give it a shot um, and kind of just not even think about the anime part. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, check it out. It's on Hulu, um, and it is very good. Um, that's probably the only thing I've watched over the two weeks here. Um, uh, I do have some plans for the holiday weekend, so, um, hopefully, uh, we'll be talking about those next week. Okay, great. Yeah. It's funny that you said that this was in the zeitgeist is the first I'm hearing of this. So we definitely run in different circles. I follow a lot of video game people, so it's no surprise (laughs) that an anime (laughs) would popped up amongst them. I usually ignore most of the animes that they talk about and recommend, but they, um, just the oh, the overwhelming amount of people that were talking about it and, you know, made me go, oh, maybe I should at least watch it and get a shot. So Gotcha. As for me, I took my COVID time to watch a bunch of stuff. Not a whole lot, but just a, a good amount. Um, I did watch one that will become a movie we're going to review sometime down the line in the near future. So I'm not going to talk about that one right now. But I also watched some movies, some newer ones, some movies that I haven't seen before that I probably should have. But um, I first I watched uh, old the M. Night Shyamalan movie you, old. You mean the beach that makes you old? The beach that makes you old. The very same movie. <laughs> um, It's <sighs> M. Night is competent in terms of his filmmaking, but he's also a schlock director schlocky director and he doesn't realize he is that's the problem is that he doesn't realize that this movie can be fun but he's trying to turn this into a elevated horror type movie where i would like to just see crazy shit happen bones break and we see them sticking out and shit like that and it just doesn't happen here and there's also a moment where there's a there's a part of this movie where it feels like it's about to end. And if it ends there, it's easily a better movie. Um, but it doesn't. It continues for another 25 minutes. And because those 25 minutes, they need, he has this in him that he needs to tell you exactly what was happening and why this beach is doing that. For me, yeah. I'm one of those people who's like, you know what? I don't need to know sometimes. And I really felt like this movie would have been so much better because by the end of it and that part where I was like, if this movie ends now, it would be a pretty good movie. I didn't need to know what happened. I didn't need to understand why it was happening. Yeah. Um, But unfortunately, he just kept going and kept telling us exactly what happened. So there was no there was no surprise. There's like and it just was kind of I think the the explanation was kind of lame. And it kind of the it kind of changes the message of the movie. But um, yeah, it's like a five, I would think it was almost a six and a half. I would say I probably said I said a seven, but that's a little generous. It's probably more like a six and a half before that happened. So Um, this had the effect on your opinion, like the last 10 minutes of Birdman had on mine. Yeah, essentially. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's also I felt like it was probably too long, too. I don't remember how long I was, but I felt like it was too long. 
I think it, it wasn't even two hours, but it was like mm, an hour and 30 minutes would have been fun. Uh, I also watched for the first time, at least all the way through. I've seen clips of it before in my life. I watched Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, Why? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I can't tell you why I decided to watch it, but I don't know. A lot of people say this is Stanley Kubrick's best movie, and I those people have seen this and Barry Lyndon. That's the only that's the only explanation I could think of <laughs> because it's so like it's not a bad I can't say it's a bad movie. It's a well yeah. done, well directed acting is fine. I don't th- I don't think Tom Cruise is as good as people give him credit for in this movie. I don't think he's that good Um, like, because the chemistry between him and his at the moment wife is not very high, um, which is telling. It, uh, didn't they they split up kind of? uh after, like almost not like right not, after it not but, long after within like yeah, the next maybe three or four years or so okay yeah yeah um it's dull it's fucking dull man and i wish i could tell you that there are moments at the end where it gets interesting and all of it pays off fucking doesn't as far as i'm concerned it's a whole movie about a dude that's really bad at cheating on his wife <laughs> that's, that's most guys though there's not many guys out there who could successfully cheat on their wives yeah but he's like he's trying really hard and he can't seem to do it like it just never happens for him he even goes to a prostitute and then he's like no and he's like well now i'm gonna go to this weird i'm gonna invite myself to this weird sex party and he doesn't get laid there then he goes back to the (laughs) prostitute in one of the the cringiest like desperate things and she's not even there and then he finds out she has HIV. So it's like, <laughs> wow, that's a good thing I didn't fuck that chick. <laughs> Probably better than I did. And then he tries, but instead he almost tries, he tries to fuck, he tries to fuck that girl's roommate. And then she tells him that the other girl test positive for HIV. He's like, man, this just dude's just getting cock blocked all, all over quote unquote New York City, but it's obviously <laughs> shot in London. Yeah, he um, needs to, uh, needs to get a more, little more clear before. Yeah, he can be good at cheating on the wife. But what's crazy is this at the point where uh, Cruz has his long hair phase? Uh it's a little long. It's not. Okay. It's not a uh, magnolia long. Okay, where he's I, got it like in the bun. I can't imagine. Even if we're in a world where we're pretending that you know, obviously, it's not Tom Cruise. It's whatever character he is. I can't imagine he'd have a hard time getting laid. Well, no, everybody wants to fuck him. Okay. The, yeah, it's and not, he just people, doesn't know how to do it. People aren't turning him down. It's more of just something always comes up where it's like, ah, oh, well, I guess I shouldn't now. Okay. Like his wife, <laughs> he's about to fuck the prostitute and his wife calls him like, hey, are you going to be how long are you going to be? Like, ah, I got some things I got to do. I'll be back soon. Ruin the moment kind of thing. Ruin right? the moment. And he was like, okay. oh, never mind. And then the, the most desperation is when he goes back to see the prostitute. He brings her like pastries. I was like, what? This dude, man, the fuck, dude? Yeah, everyone knows to woo women, you have to bring them cheese. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's what I've read. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, uh, yeah, and every time he just goes home to Nicole Kidman, she just talks about how she wants to fuck other dudes or she's dreamt about fucking dudes in front of him. Uh, it's so, it's, I, I don't, I don't get the appeal of this movie, to be honest with you. I really don't. People lo- say they love this movie and he's got so many better movies. I wonder Wait. if they're just saying that because it's a, a Kubrick movie. Yeah, I don't know. I th- I feel like it's people just trying to be different. Mm-hmm. 
like oh like kind of the the uh, galaxy brain sort of thing like oh right. you're a film fan and you think 2001 is his best movie well i'm a f- real film fan i think eyes wide shut is his best movie so i'm better than you yeah the movie sucks hot, hot takes <laughs> the movie kind of sucks compared to his other movies there's so many better ones 2001 uh clockwork orange uh the shining pads of glory dr strangelove all of them are better than this movie was this his last movie this was he so he delivered the first cut which wound up being i think more or less was the final cut and then he died like four days later maybe that's why too right people kind of jump on on the bandwagon yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of movies he's done that's better half of full metal jacket is better than this movie (laughs) the first half right yeah yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah. I, I, I have no, I've, I've, I've had plenty of chances to watch it. I have no desire to watch that movie. I can't give you a reason to watch this movie. Oh. And uh, I like Tom Cruise. I mean, he, like Nicole Kidman looks great in this movie and she gets naked, but it's a plus, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, you could probably find those clips on Pornhub. Now, does Tom Cruise get naked? He doesn't. He doesn't show dick. That's a problem. Right. <laughs> it's a problem. I mean, you got prime Tom. I, I, I don't know if he's is he still in his prime? It's hard to tell. But yeah, you got prime Tom Cruise and prime Nicole Kidman. Yep. You, you know, they're a power couple. You got to They both got to do it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, We're always pro dick on this podcast. Yeah. But because I, I feel like that's kind of beta energy right there. Yeah. Yeah. Your wife's getting naked. Come on, man. Reciprocate. Exactly. Don't yeah. don't hold her out to dry. Mm hmm. But yeah, eyes wide but shut. I, not... He makes up for it in Maverick, I've heard, so it's fine. <laughs> he drops Dong and Maverick. Yeah, on the jet. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he teaches yeah. the kids that if like the best way to do it is you have to fly naked. So I, I was he already planning on seeing Maverick. You just made me a definite first. <laughs> I'm <showing>. listening. <laughs> listening. Mark's getting the back row. <laughs> Extra like big uh big thing of popcorn mark <laughs> first matinee on friday morning back row big popcorn there you go hey listen you know what you I'm do what you gotta about. do man yeah just let us know how it went uh call someone else if you get arrested though yeah <laughs> um, Tom. There you so go. yeah eyes wide shut uh i'm not the demographic i guess i don't know who is but uh yeah angry Great. loners the unemployable <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah and the only other thing i watched really uh was the warriors which is another movie i haven't seen which was fine that was you know cult classic but yeah not right home about but i did watch something else that i do want to touch a little bit on because this week was our main movie of the month and that's the reason why we watched the movie we watched but i decided that i was going to watch the movie i had picked to go into the poll and I watched Deadly Cheer Mom on Tubi, Tubi Original. And this is a note to all the people that voted on this and voted on the movie we watched. You done fucked up. Because Deadly Cheer Mom was great. <laughs> That's all I got to say about it. Except for yeah. Deadly Cheer Mom is directed by, I believe his name is Dan Campbell, I believe. Okay. Hold on one second. I'm pulling it up. Doug Campbell. Doug Campbell has also directed such classics as uh, Zapped Again, 
the Disney Channel original movie, but most nice. importantly, Accused at 17, Betrayed at 17, Stalked at 17, Missing at 17, Stalked by My Neighbor. Does this sound starting to sound familiar? Uh-oh. Stalked <laughs> by My Doctor. Stalked by My Doctor The Return. Stalked by My Doctor Patient's Revenge. Go ahead, Mark. Now, did you read those in release order? This is release order, yep. Because he's he's done a hundred this... he's he's done a hundred movies oh. between two thousand and nine and today. Because he's done a the, bunch. This is the first that I realized that Stalked by My Doctor was not the first movie mm-hmm. in the Stalked by series. Yeah, Stalked at seventeen was before it. And Stalked by My Neighbor too. But then he really hit gold with Stalked by My Doctor. I had no I've... idea that he actually directed this movie before I picked it. And I did I didn't know I didn't know until like 20 minutes before we got on this podcast but it's great it's hilarious uh it's all about like deep fakes and i love the one trivia note in this is director doug campbell was inspired to make this film after he was a victim of deep fake technology what? Oh, wow. <laughs> wait, wait in 2009 uh i have no this movie came out like this year oh okay 2022 <laughs> what a story <laughs> i need to know more but yeah deadly cheer mom Maybe we'll watch it one day. And uh, real, real quick, I thought when you were reading those titles, I thought it was one long title. Oh, like, no, no. Stalked at 17, Betrayed at 17. I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, like, this is a long title. <laughs> no. Yeah. So Doug Campbell, he, is, he also directed Deadly Cheer Mom, and it's great. Um, maybe down the road we'll watch it. But we uh, In September, I think we're due for another Stalked by My Doctor movie. I think that's what we're watching them. So, Um, yeah, but that's all I watched this week. So we're going to take a quick break and some ads and we'll be back in a second. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was our May movie of the month. And we decided because we really couldn't think of anything that was specific to May. We just decided, you know what? Let's uh, let's dip into what Tubi has to offer in terms of its Tubi originals. So we all picked three Tubi originals to go up against each other um mark uh, Mark had picked uh first person shooter i believe is the name of the movie yes i i Uh, i I find it funny uh uh, you finished it i think all three of these movies are very closely represented what we look for probably yeah Uh, i picked the aforementioned deadly cheer mom which 100 is exactly a type of movie that i pick uh and then we wound up getting chosen for us um dan's movie Dan, you want to introduce this week's movie? Sure. Uh, yeah, so uh, digging through the Tubi originals, they had some decent-looking picks, but the, the the first thing that popped into my head, or the first thing that I saw, was uh, a Baldwin. I saw a Baldwin staring at me, and I thought, all right, yeah, like it's not a good Baldwin, so this has to offer <laughs> some and sort of not, entertainment. And it's not the bad Baldwin. <laughs> well... It's, he, I guess he's second tier Baldwin, if that's what we're going by. Yeah, I mean, how, what would you rank the Baldwins? Alec is obviously first. Right, yeah. Alec is first, and then I guess we're going to say Billy. Uh, no, I think you mean William. No, never. <laughs> never, ever. I don't care what he's trying to do with his life now. It's I, always I guess it's like a Larry Lawrence Fishburne situation. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it really all just comes down to where you rank Billy will Billy uh, Baldwin and Daniel Baldwin. Yeah, because yeah. Stephen is obviously the worst. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I don't know Billy and uh, Daniel's uh, body of work that well. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, if you told, if you showed me a picture and you said it was either one of them, I would be like, yep, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I have no reason to not believe you. Right. I, I, I could probably pick Alec Baldwin and Stephen Baldwin out yeah. in a photo thing, but yeah, not the other two. I yeah. even forgot there was a Daniel Baldwin. Be yeah. Well, I forgot there was Stephen Baldwin. I knew Daniel. But I was like, I know there's another Baldwin. And yeah, Stephen is the, uh, I guess he's the black sheep of the family. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, listen, could be worse, I guess, if you're the Baldwins. Um, yeah. So yeah, I saw that and War of the Worlds Annihilation is the name of the movie. I just figured, yeah, you know, War of the Worlds, it's, it's a classic. Let's see where they go with it. And they they just they took a hard turn, a hard left turn into Boringville. Mm-hmm. This was and oof. Just, just so you know, I'm looking at a picture of Daniel Baldwin, Alec Baldwin, and Billy Baldwin. I still don't know which one is which in terms <laughs> of Daniel or Billy. <laughs> well, so who's the youngest? I don't know. I don't know the hierarchy. I think it's Stephen. Stephen is the youngest, All right? And Daniel Baldwin was in Biodome, right? No, that's Stephen. Is it Stephen? Oh shit! Yeah, that's bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know in, what Stevens in Biodome and The Usual Suspects. Daniel, Daniel in. Are two of them in Backdraft, or am I misremembering? Um, I have no idea. I know one of them is. Um, I don't know my Baldwins. I can't tell my Baldwins from the others. Daniel Baldwin was in Nothing But Trouble, which we've covered here. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, for for a time, he seems like he's the Baldwin you got when you couldn't get Alec. His yeah, movies so, like Bodily Harm, Mulholland Falls, Vampires. Yeah, it, it looks like Billy had some decent movies in the early nineties, right? He yeah. he was getting some play, right? He had Backdraft. Yeah, he, had the one in Backdraft. he had I think he was in a movie called Fair Game, and that's with Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford. Right. Christopher McDonald. Salma Hayek. Yeah, he, he seems like he had a decent career on his own. Yeah. Born on the 4th of July, Flatliners, Backdraft, Sliver. Pretty good. Fair game, Bullworth. Yeah, not not a bad not a bad decade for Billy Baldwin. Is he I think he's also in oh, there was a movie where they were talking about famous oh I think he was in the Santa Claus or uh oh Fred Claus. Was that him? Where there, it's like uh the famous siblings. And Billy's talking about how it's it was tough to be Alec Baldwin's you know younger brother. I I don't know. It's you're, one of them. You're, if you're you're talking Fred Claus to me, and that's you might as well be not speaking my language. <laughs> it's Greek. It's all Greek. Yeah. The the classic Fred Claus. Come on, man. <laughs> uh yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> no, I and my 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 first my my what I wanted to talk about was. Because again, I I thought there was only three Baldwins, so I was gonna do the you know the 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 old fuck Mary kill, but I I can't do that. There's four Baldwins, yeah, and I don't know them well enough to do anything with them. <laughs> Billy Baldwin is uh, the also in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, he's, he's the cop, Dixical. That's right. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that's not that's he he's done his own thing. Yeah, uh, fuck Mary kill. Let's see. Uh, oh. I, I will just combine Daniel and Billy, I would say, because okay. they're interchangeable. Uh, not to be inappropriate, but I got to kill Alec before he kills me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, a, that's, that's tough. <laughs> uh, 
I definitely so like Alec Baldwin is the most successful, but he's he's also a prick. I would not want to marry him at all. He's unhinged. Yeah, because he'd also if he's not going to like verbally abuse me over the phone, he's probably going to make me have like a ton of kids. Assuming I could have kids in this scenario. Right. Um, <laughs> but like Hilaria has popped out nine of them in a span of like four and a half years. That's not even like mathematically possible, but somehow she's doing it. It's the Baldwin gene. <laughs> They're workers. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think I'm going to I'm going to kill Alec Baldwin before he kills me. I mean, that's the surprise pick. Uh, so I guess I'm marrying Daniel Will Daniel Billy and I'm fucking Steven. Yeah, I'm not happy with any of those. Yeah, I was, but that's you, the you sounded. Hey, yeah. yeah, you definitely. If we're killing Alec in this situation, and you, you definitely fuck Steven because you know it, it would it would bother him the most. I I just want him out of my <laughs> life as quickly as possible. So if I'm not killing him, I'm just fucking him. Yeah, I don't want to live with Stephen Baldwin. No, because imagine being trapped in that biodome with him. That'd be awful. Uh, but I is is he is he okay? If the weasel isn't there with him, no, I think he's like a maggot chud too. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I didn't know if it was like Pauly Shore set him off. You know what I mean? Like maybe if he's by himself, he's all right. But if you get Pauly Shore in there, that's what he's like. He has to kind of step his game up for being douchey. Yeah. Now there was always this one line reading in Usual Suspects that just irked me. Like when they find Benicio del Toro's body, and he's like. Like in the like on the beach, he's like, we have to bury him. And like with what? With our hands. And the way he says hands <laughs> always like takes me out of the movie <laughs> completely. Bad line reading. Yeah, that'll yeah, that bad line reading. That for sure. So so Stephen, yeah, in and out of my life. This this movie fun. has a ton of bad line reading in it. All of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think Triago might be the only good actor. Like he's not bad. He's okay. No. Yeah, he's yeah. fine. He he does the best with what's given to him. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, Mark, where are you coming from with War, War of the Worlds, Annihilation? That's the name of this movie? It, well, I was excited when I think at some point early on, I think it's in the credits, has to be, when the word asylum popped up. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe, this, maybe, maybe this can be salvageable, can be at least something. But no, it was... Two hours and being on Tubi with commercials made it even worse. This brought me back to flashbacks of watching Justice League with commercials on the TV TNT app. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just even broken up over two sessions. It still felt way too long. Mm. Um, and it, a lot of the stuff um, was pretty, um, you know, I, I kind of saw where they were going with stuff, but I think they were trying to. Like when they tried to make a twist happen, um, it was just to make a twist happen. Um, there wasn't much, um, you know, built up for it. And it was just, I was like, ah. And they, they don't even care about the twist. No. In the, in the, sto- in the story. No. Like, and I was trying to see, like, a, speaking of the twist on Letterboxd, I was trying to, like, see if anyone mentioned the twist. And people didn't. So I, th- I, I almost felt like it was too subtle. Because even yeah. in the goofs, they're naming goofs that if you know what the twist is, it's like, that's not a goof. Uh, yeah. Like things about like military uniforms and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And it's just it, it was just really um, disappointing in the sense that it it tried to be too serious and didn't go as crazy as asylum films sometimes go. 
Um, and I think that was to its detriment. Um, I think there was there's way too much overacting um, from a lot of people uh, to the point that it wasn't even like funny overacting. Um, I think, like I said, like we said, I, the, the actor plays Tiago was probably the one that understood his assignment the best in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it does seem like he might have ad-libbed a little bit here and there. And I think that was to um, the betterment of his character. Um, sure. And uh, I was almost, I don't know about you guys, this is not the twist that happens, but I was almost expecting that they were like, when they took him back to the commander, that it was going to be Jutta. That oh. he didn't actually die, that he somehow survived that. Oh. Just, just the way that movie was going was everything was coming up great for the girl, you know, uh-huh. in terms of she saved her son in time. Her brother was still alive the entire time. You know, it's going to be like, wow, what's the twist as if the brother, you know, the husband's still alive. And I was like, mm-hmm. nope, of course. We haven't seen a Baldwin in a while, so it has to be him. Yeah. I was no, getting we... concerned when we didn't see Billy Baldwin for like 40 <laughs> minutes of the movie. Yeah. It's a bait and switch if I ever saw one. Yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah. So this movie. So I'm a veteran of Asylum movie watching. Um, so I know that when they don't have giant pythons versus shark yeah, it's not going to be great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we started off this pro- uh, this po- podcast watching an Asylum movie with uh, the Land of the Lost or whatever it was called, The Land of Time Forgot. Yeah, um, and that went there where this didn't. This tried to, to m- teach a lesson that, but we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, the CG's bad. Yeah. The acting's bad. It's entirely too long. Uh, there's just so much time, so much time to just crib off of things that we've seen before, like Independence Day. Um, the twist is a, it has been done a hundred times better, probably like a dozen times by the Twilight Zone. If you know, if you're watch, if you're listening to this, you haven't watched the movie. I don't suggest you watch it. But the twist is that we're watching this whole scene play out thinking that we're watching earth get invaded by aliens the twist is that we're watching an alien planet get invaded by earth dun 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 so yeah um but the movie does not care about it that we we hear it once and there's it never goes anywhere it doesn't yeah. change the plot doesn't change any aspect of the movie um and this is it's you know the the Twilight Zone episode I know of is Third from the Sun, where you're watching these people escape a dying planet. And they're like, at the very end, it's like, well, it's just a million mi- light years away. And third from its sun called Earth and fade out with Rod Serling over it, which was yeah. an excellent episode. Yeah, <laughs> probably done way better. Yeah. Um, this, on the other hand. They do the little thing. They do a little things here and there. Uh, we were talking off podcast. Like the names are almost names you've heard before, but just slightly off. Um, yeah, like Triago and Ashlaya, and what was Luca's real name? Uh, do... Lu- Isn't it Lucas? It's, it says Lucas. No, no, no. It's uh, oh, I did say it pre-show. Yeah. Directly. But like Patlin, that's like Patlin. someone's first name is Patlin. Like what? Judda. Like these are names that these are like words that oh like th- that could be a name, but they are like it's. I've never met anybody with these names before in my entire life. It's like they put this into a word processor, you know, and like all right, whatever the computer comes out with, that's what right. we're naming our characters, and then like ah, there we go. 
Yeah, it's like the that old uh, Japanese baseball game. Yeah, Mark, you probably know where it's like they they kind of portmanteau yeah. like real baseball players' names into each other. So it's like uh, it's like yeah. Dave Winseco or something like that, you know, instead of Dave Winfield. <laughs> it's like Steve McMichael or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so it's just slightly off and like the guns are just slightly weird looking. I noticed and maybe everybody was... has different guns. Yeah, it was like <laughs> the army has like several different guns. No one's uniform. Yeah, the handguns are very plastic looking. And I wasn't sure if that was like a, a style choice or just like cheap prop to- choice because this movie was not cheap. Yeah. Oh, No. No, it, it was, was not. very cheap. What would you say would you think the budget was for this movie? Oh, wow. But a couple million. I'm going to say eight million. Oh, no. Estimated. I, I, yeah, Go I was going to jokingly say 20 because half of that goes to William. <laughs> Estimated budget, 22 million dollars. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. No. Where? There, yeah, I don't know. Billy Baldwin's getting scale. There's no way he's getting that more than scale <laughs> for like a week's worth of work. Um, I have no idea, no idea where the money went for this movie. It's, it's bad. It's boring. More than anything, it's just boring. Yeah. So I'll, go I'll, ahead, Mark. I'll, I'll admit to you, Anne, that I didn't fully put the twist together until you said it about the names <laughs> being connected to the twist. Sure. And as you read them off and then re- repeated the twist that I caused, like that's why their names were weird. Yeah. Okay. Right. They're the they're the aliens, right? Yes. Yeah. And I'm like. Like I got all the other connections you you mentioned, um, yeah. In terms of the twists, and then just reading off the names again because I mentioned it before the podcast. I was like, oh, I don't know. It it, it seems like it was on purpose, but it also also been insensitive. The names mm-hmm. they were coming up with. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was just having that moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, all the fine. pieces together. Yeah, it's just they're just they're just off. They're like they're not off enough that you will that you'll be like, why is that person named Omicron Nine? That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but then the alien, you know, quote unquote, is named Gwen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a dead giveaway. Like Gwen. Yeah, yeah I because it, it I guess it's it's all that that stuff that you think is like well because like p- people are talking about like the the military uniforms are off. That's not what they would wear. And Will, Billy Baldwin's got a beard that wouldn't fly in in the U.S. military. It's like well. I guess these are all things that kind of point to the fact that it's not actually Earth. But yeah, yeah, it's it it, it it's a interesting it's an interesting twist done very poorly. I will say. And, um, and as you were saying before, how it's it's just a boring movie. You know, I can forgive a lot of the movies that we do that are bad, but there's a lot of entertainment value. Like we we covered Raw Force recently. Bad movie. But it's anything but boring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't forgive a bad, boring movie because it takes you right out of it takes you right out of your experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So War of the Worlds colon Annihilation from 2021 is directed by Maximilian Elfelt, director of Avengers Grim Time Wars, which is exactly what you think it is. It is. A ripoff of the Avengers with Grimm's fairy tale characters. It's also directed Bachelor Knight, End of the World, Apocalypse of Ice, Dracula, Colon, the original living vampire. Stars Ari Thompson, William Baldwin, Noel Guillermo, 
Guglielmi, Rashad Freelove, Kennedy Porter, Emery Franklin, and Michael Marcel has an IMDb score of 2.2 and doesn't have a page on Rotten Tomatoes. And there is no box office because it's a Tubi original, but budget, as we've mentioned, $22 million, man. Where did they get that money for? Or like, where do they get it from? I guess, right? It, it that must be Sharknado money. Maybe, yeah. Because, yeah, I, I don't see it's a it's a free service. I'm assuming Asylum put up the money to fund mm. the actual movie, and then they sold it to Tubi. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. This. Uh, I. I. Did we mention how the uh, they solved this this movie is basically the ending of Independence Day? Yeah. So yeah, the end of the movie is they hack their computers using their own computers. And, and then like and then like the mothership takes one shot and just crash lands. Yeah. It's like if I, the Star Destroyer in Star Wars got hit once by an X-Wing and just like tanks blew up. <laughs> and the uh, the main character of Ashlaya, she she's kind of like, you know, she's giving us the uh, the techno babble for what she's doing. And like, you know, I'm I'm trying to figure out the uh, the code and like if it's compatible blah blah blah. And there's an army there's a soldier there like well how do you know if it's going to work i'm just going to have to guess <laughs> that that's not a line you write into your movie i'm just going to have to guess no <laughs> that's a stupid yeah. thing to say <laughs> yeah there's a lot of like contrivances that come with this twist it's like mm-hmm. uh, they all speak the same language right uh, <laughs> you know the dna is exactly the same it was like yeah i mean i, I don't know how else you would do it but it is it's like it all kind of just like is a shrugging yeah. of the shoulders. And, and, like and that really the, doesn't make sense. I think the reveal of the twist might be where it gets lost. Um, because when it's supposed to be the dun 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 moment, um, they immediately have an explosion like a half second later. Yeah. So it's like um I unless if you had um like captions on or anything, you wouldn't have caught the sentence. Um unless you're paying it very close attention. Mm-hmm. She literally yeah. explains they're from Earth, you know, lays out all the stuff, Orion system and all, all that, like, keep touch points, but then immediately explosion. And it's like, did they did they want to reveal that? Like, mm-hmm. right. you know, sort of thing. Yeah. Not fun. We've yeah. done better movies. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I, again, I apologize. I didn't know this movie was two hours long without yeah. commercials. That's tough. That's the tough yeah. part. It's an hour that, and 53 minutes. That's unforgivable, really. Yeah. And I, that's on me, guys. <laughs> I should have done my research. Yeah, you should have. I, bet, okay. I couldn't imagine that a Tubi movie would be over an hour and a half. Well, let us never speak of Tubi originals again until we do <laughs> Deadly Cheer Mom. Yes. Yeah. Just lock <laughs> it in the vault. Which is not two hours long. <laughs> yeah. Again, it just it, it every we all dropped the ball on. Well, I dropped the ball on this and our our friends and followers on on Twitter. They dropped the ball. Yep. But they couldn't have known. Guys. <laughs> Or did they? You know, you guys had two other movies you could have chose. Yeah. Well, I'm interested to also hear about First Person Shooter, too. Yeah. Maybe not this week. We'll figure it out. We'll get to it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You guys want to get into the plot? Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, Right, Dan. What do you got? Okay, guys. uh, I'm just asking that you, uh, anyone within the sound of my voice, please go over to geekvibesnation.com. Go check out uh, good friends of the podcast, Tia and Brittany. And their podcast, The Top Ten with Tia, 
It's a podcast about top 10 lists. So if lists are your favorite thing, I know they're they're uh, they're pretty popular. So if that's your thing, go check them out. You could follow Tia on Twitter at TC underscore Stark. And you could follow Brittany at Itty Bitty Brit on Twitter as well. Okay, great. And we are going to take a break. And you guys are going to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast. So we will be back in a second. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParlayHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info and parlay points our companion block section of the show thanks for listening to the odph now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast welcome travelers seems like you're looking for a story well i got one for you involves adventure friendship and all sorts of uh, earl why don't you tell him about that time i stole that big ass melon yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more. Or you could tell him about the time I kicked her ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him. Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey, everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A from Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into the plot for War of the Worlds, colon, Annihilation. We open on some asteroids careening towards Earth as a couple stops their car to enjoy the night sky. The stars really bring out your eyes, the guy says, even though it's clearly cloudy night. And as they go in for a kiss, a shooting star crashes down nearby. And they go to investigate, a gas shoots out, causing them to choke, and then they just straight up die. And then all over the world, what appears to be asteroids crash land on Earth, or what we think is Earth. Yeah. Spoilers. I was, yeah, I was going to say that 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 sentence comes with a heavy quote. Yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, government officials on a military base frantically try to call their loved ones, and then Billy Baldwin looks like he just woke up and holds a meeting with officials. Like he didn't even co- run comb through his hair at all. It's, it's all I mean, spiked and every. It's all <laughs> over the place. It, it's just like this is how you know. Like he's phoning it in. Like I'm just here for a paycheck. This is what the kids do, right? <laughs> One of the officials, Ashlia Wellish, again, just, just almost a real name, tries to explain that the asteroids are releasing an odd amount of carbon monoxide and are oddly similar in size to each other. Billy Baldwin blows her off, seeing as how she's in the cybersecurity operations, then clears the room of her and everyone but his military team. Meanwhile, Ashlia's son, Luke, is at school, and the students are using tape to tape up the windows to protect against poison gas. And Ashlia's husband, Judah, calls her and lets her know that they are deploying him because he's in the military. And he makes a whole bunch of promises that he can't keep in a movie like this. And the phone breaks up and they lose connection. And then Jetta deploys. Ashlaya tries to call her brother, who is a doctor, but he's dealing with patients at an overrun hospital. Jetta's regimen makes it to their destination and they start to move. Jetta tries to call Luca or Luke, whatever his name winds up being, before he heads out, but he can't get to him. Ashlaya goes to Billy Baldwin to tell him that they're reporting seismic activity underneath the surface and at the asteroid sites and begs Billy Baldwin to pull the team back. At, at the beginning of this, 
he makes the most like dismissive remark, you know, and she goes, oh, there's been seismic things around the the asteroids where they land it. Well, that would happen when an asteroid hits Earth. Yeah. Idiot. <laughs> no, duh. What do you think happens when an asteroid crashes into Earth? Seismic activity. Now, this is a. Uh... Uh, they never tell us, and there's a few things wrong with this movie. It's uh, one, it's it it starts off very fast paced without kind of giving us a time frame of when the attack started to where we are at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think from what I gathered, it all takes place within like two days. I think. Yeah, but it also feels like it's been like months. Right. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Like the the way that they talk sometimes, it's like, oh, you know, we're we're gathering up information and we're we're strategizing and we're, we're you know people are are we're recruiting like oh so like this must have been a month or so but then like oh no you should have you know you should have seen how it was the other day all this is happening in two days well yeah because it de- definitely does because like luke's at school when it happens and like right. that's half of the is, is the plot part of the plot is her getting to him uh so it's like it happens in an afternoon <laughs> Everybody yeah. went. Everybody went to school and work that day, and then it happens. <laughs> right, which is you know, which would also kind of trick you into thinking that that is the real Earth because that's exactly what would happen. Like, yeah. oh, we're under attack. Yeah, why aren't you at work, man? <laughs> Get to work. P- papers aren't going to push themselves, bro. <laughs> exactly. So he brushes her off again. So Judas' team moves in on one of the asteroid sites and into the gas. In the gas, they get into a firefight with some unseen. Uh, things, but they're firing lasers, whatever they are, and this is really just in gas, so Asylum could save some money. And when the firefight is over and the smoke eventually clears, only one of the soldiers left standing, Judah. Um, but now the smoke is cleared to reveal giant mech suits walking around like ATSTs. Um, Billy Baldwin calls in an airstrike as Jetta calls for backup in vain. I'm going to switch between Judah and Jetta the whole time. Fine. And uh, Jutta eventually gets blown away by the mech suit as Eshlaya can only watch. Billy Baldwin puts the base on lockdown, but Eshlaya's friend sneaks her out of the base so she can be with her son Lucas. Her brother Patlin, meanwhile, tries to call her but can't get through, and then the hospital starts to evacuate as the gas starts to fill the halls. Meanwhile, Luke watches his friend get dragged off by some sort of mech tentacle. And Shalaya makes it to the school where there's no sign of life, but finds Luca hiding under one of the desks. And, and somehow finds him amongst all those classrooms. Yeah, it's like she knew where his class was. Yeah, it's the first classroom, too, that she checks. She knows. Parent-teacher conference, PTA meetings, you know, parent-teacher night. She knew. Yeah, she's an attentive mother. Yeah. You love to see it. Uh, I mean, her, you know, her husband was probably deployed an awful lot, so she had to be. She had to be. That's a good point. Right. At some points, I'm sure. And they get yeah, home that... to grab. They, uh, they I was home... say, I'm sorry. That's a good point. I'm, I yeah. apologize. <laughs> they get home to grab essentials, and Ashlaya brings out the guns for the rest of the movie. And I mean that as her forearms, because she's she's jacked. Ashlaya then breaks it to Luca that Jetta died fighting. Pick she up. wears that outfit for the rest of the movie, right? Yeah, one thing I kept noticing is how weird she runs. You notice that, <laughs> like especially in the beginning, because she's I guess she's wearing heels, so I get it. But like she's just she's very like short strided. Mm-hmm. It just made me laugh. She might be the biggest overactor. I mean, she does fine. Like, listen, for what this movie is, she does yeah. she does fine. 
she's the, probably the biggest overactor out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Her, because she lets you know what she's thinking or feeling at every moment in this movie, yeah. just through facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Big yeah. over the top facial expressions. <laughs> Um, they pick up everything they could grab and leave. Luca grabbing a pocket knife off his side of the table before he leaves. Patlin goes to a convenience store to see if there's any supplies, but a junkie comes in and starts hassling Patlin for his bag, assuming there's meds in it. Junkie tosses Patlin on the ground, but Patlin then finds a gun behind the register and pulls it out, pulls it on the junkie, and then says that the lengths they are resorting to is not the right way to go about things, and it's not us, it's them. And then he leaves. Which is also a huge... Now, looking back on it, I thought that, oh, that's such a stupid line. But looking back on it, that is very much us. You know, <laughs> yeah. quote-unquote, us, not whoever they are. Yeah. But they all have the same guns, apparently. That's what I was like. There's like the yeah. conceit is that we're like... So we've we've independently developed very similar technologies in firearms, automobiles, uh, the school systems hospitals um, hospitals <laughs> yeah i mean i get that's like the uh you know uh suspending your disbelief a little bit but yeah but and then we are the ones that have the mech suits and the fucking laser beams right what is it it would it makes no sense yeah um and ashalaya and luke rest for the night on the side of the road and eventually have to flee when one of the mechs starts shooting at them make it to a trailer and go in and start to look for supplies, but then someone comes home and holds them at gunpoint. Tensions flare up, but eventually they cool, and the guy that owns the trailer offers them some food. The guy introduces himself as Tiago and cooks them all some food. Tiago then tells them that they could take the RV. He doesn't need it anymore. They get into an argument, Tiago telling them to get out of his way because he's out to survive for himself. But Ashlaia convinces him that the strength in numbers, so he agrees to go with them. Yeah, at every moment in this story up until the very end, I was waiting for the double cross mm-hmm. from Tiago. <laughs> and I think you explained in the beginning why, because of the other movies I've seen this actor in. Yeah, Training Day specifically. Yeah, um, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't trust him. I, I can't. I, I in a, in an apocalypse, uh, he might have been one of the least, uh, least trustworthy people. You know, like just the way that he's not in good shape. He, he's, he's a jerk. Like, I don't want to trust my my life and my son's life to this person who, you know, I could there. They could probably outrun him and do everything better than he could. He just doesn't yeah. seem like the, the heroic type of character. He's also uh, he contradicts himself because this whole scene, he's like, uh, you guys are just going to get in my way. I, You guys go on with that. I'm going to feed you and then you're going to be on your way. So you just get out of my hair. Yeah. And they're like, OK, I'll come with you. I know a place. It's a prison that we've turned into a mission where I've invited a whole bunch of other people back to for survival because right. we create a community. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about being all on your own? Or... <laughs> right. Yeah. So why couldn't we come with you? Yeah. <laughs> um, so they convince him that they're strength in numbers. So he agrees to go with them. Then they stumble upon the junkie from the convenience store who is monologuing about Judgment Day and how they deserve it. And then one of the giant mech suits sneaks up on him somehow and stabs him in the chest with a mech te- tentacle. And I just, I just want to say for um, any aspiring actors out there, find this guy's monologue, use it for your audition, <laughs> because it is, it is 
cinema. It is beautiful, beautiful cinema. The way <laughs> who cares anymore? I don't. <laughs> we deserve to die. Women, children, they're all gone. <laughs> what a what a great great monologue. I, and I'm not being I I loved it. I was dying laughing. Yeah. Yeah, if you do go into an audition and and do that, fill it first. We'll give you like ten dollars. <laughs> it'll it'll be like five dollars kind of each, and then we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get you something. Uh, we'll get you a sticker. Yeah, maybe we'll make we'll make a, a t shirt <laughs> with just the mo- the entire monologue written out. This is just the monologue. <laughs> I recited the monologue from uh, War of the Worlds animation uh, Annihilation, and all I got was this stupid shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh patlin meanwhile makes it to a makeshift clinic to try to lend a hand any way he can some old drunk dude scares the shit out of him talking about how they're gonna come back and finish the job and meanwhile ashlaya tiago and luke make it to a prison where tiago worked figuring it would be the safest place to be prison has turned into a shelter and a bunch of people citizens and prisoners have been working together since the event tiago then shows them to a couple of cells that they could sleep in and then brings luca along to get some food well, I, uh, Ashlaya takes a nap. She wakes up in a panic and then runs around the prison looking for Luke. She finds him outside in the yard with Tiago, who is teaching Luke how to shoot a gun. Tiago winds up punking Luke by giving him an unloaded gun for target practice. It's hilarious. Not really. <laughs> uh, Luke goes back inside, and then Tiago and Ashlaya have a heart-to-heart, which then gets interrupted by a big-ass ship appearing in the sky. Meanwhile, Patlin is at the clinic, and they hear a noise, and he need, and they need to evacuate. So as everyone goes outside, everyone starts getting picked off by the mech suits one by one, just just making people disintegrate. Everyone but Pay, uh, Patlin gets evaporated. And back at the prison, Tiago starts arming everyone as they try and figure, fight back against the mechs, but everyone is just getting picked off one by one here, too. Eventually, Tiago and Ashlaya use grenades and destroy one of the mechs, and they take its gun. Nishalaya, Tiago, and Luke manage to escape from the mechs they are attacking the, that are attacking the prison. Nishalaya says that the mothership must be communicating with the other mechs. And if they could knock out the mothership's communications, they would be able to take down the other mechs. You have to give the mothership a cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the analogy in this one is the, the queen bee and the worker bees. I yeah. saw this in a movie one time. I think it was called Memorial Day. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a good opportunity to reference. I'm sure there's an Independence Day ripoff that Asylum has. They could have mentioned that. Yeah, or or at least like a porn parody, right? Yeah, uh, there is. If you in when they are at their house and they go to into Lucas's room, um, there is a poster that says uh, the tornadoes versus the sharks. Oh, not yeah. There you go. Yeah, and then Sharknado. Yeah, very tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. Patlin comes across an injured alien pilot, and he takes off its helmet to reveal that it's a woman, one that looks human and speaks English, a female pilot. Who would have guessed? Uh, she has an injured leg, and he says he can help her. Ashlaya, Tiago, and Luca try are trying to hatch a plan, come across a military group that just so happens to be the same division as Jetta was. So the military guys lower their weapons and then tell them that they are stockpiling weapons down at the base. And Ashlaya, Tiago, and Luca should jo- come with them and join them. Palin brings the alien woman to the bathroom to get cleaned up. She almost has a freak out about the water because she thinks it's toxic, but it's not. She introduces herself as Gwen. She says that they are soldiers that were told this was a great war that they were meant to fight for their people. And she Why? Why would she think the water is 
poison. It's the same as on Earth. Well, I think, what if... She keeps saying Earth is dying, and then when we see in the, I guess what is supposed to be a mid-credits scene, the people on the ship are all, like, hooked up to oxygen. What if Earth has gotten so bad that water is toxic? Oh, I guess the water supply is poisoned. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I'm assuming this is, like, supposed to be the future, obviously, because Earth doesn't have giant spaceships. Right. And, yeah, laser beam technology kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, He tells her they need to get to the hospital, and she thinks they'll kill her, so he manages to find her normal clothes to pass her off as non-alien. Except they forget to, you'll get to it, cover up the most identifying mark on her. Yeah. They mention it, and then they don't do anything about it. About it, yeah. The military group brings Ashlaya back in front of Billy Baldwin, who's planning an assault against the mechs. Ashlaya tries to push push them to attack the mothership instead. Billy Baldwin agrees, so they plan to pull all their firepower into an attack on the mothership, but they need to go onto a different part of the base in order to get the missiles. Patlin and Gwen try and make it to a hospital when they are picked up by a military truck. Patlin and Gwen pose as a husband and a wife, and the truck loads them on the back to get them some help. These two are terrible liars, first of all. Um, Patlin's like, yeah, we're from back east. Why just tell them where you're from? Right. What's the you're difference? You're not an alien. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It, it, it's like he's a little kid who got caught uh, trying to steal a cookie from the cookie jar. Yeah. They. It's it's very obvious that the writer was trying to hide the twist still because right because have... like where could they possibly be from? Right. It's not uh, it's not our Earth. So yeah. But there, at, at one point, there's a Humvee with California plates on it. <laughs> well, I didn't say Asylum was good at hiding the twist, <laughs> but it's so you you go through all this trouble and like oh yeah, there's a shot of a a, a truck with a with California plates. And would the script coordinator be fired because of that? Uh, no, the art so. director as art direction. <laughs> it's just it's weird. It's it's such an unnecessary uh such an unnecessary twist to have. Yeah, I think it's it's supposed to have like a deeper meaning. Right, right, right. It's you know this movie came out last year, so a lot of movies these days are are big on the our planet is dying uh, motif. Mm. Right, we're 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 killing our planet, and I guess that's what they were going for. You know, we're we're just we've destroyed our planet. We need to go destroy someone else's planet now. <laughs> uh, but uh, so they pose as husband and wife, but one of the officers notices a QR code tattooed on. Gwen's risk. At the base, the team gets ready to roll out, but Ashalaya tells Luca that she wants him to stay safe in the base. Tiago says he'll hang back with Luke, who is disappointed he's not going, but he gives his mom the pocket knife he brought from home, and the team moves out, leaving Tiago and Luca behind. You would think that this pocket knife is going to come up and play a bigger role than what it's used for. But it was it was meant to be a lot bigger than what like they thought when filming and writing this movie that that would be you know a lot bigger they go oh the knife the fans yeah, yeah. i mean it, it's used to j- jam open a, a yeah. circuit breaker because they don't have a phillips head screwdriver basically uh, <laughs> but why doesn't the, why doesn't the officer have a knife on him <laughs> what did it be i great? feel like that's standard a standard uh something to have right yeah at least nearby like how great would it have been instead of taking the pocket knife he takes the uh, the screwdriver the phillips head screwdriver from home and like this was dad's favorite screwdriver 
He always taught me, you know, always have a tool nearby. Yeah. Uh, maybe that maybe that's that's uh, human technology. That's earth technology that they had no answer for. <laughs> so, oh my god, it's bolted on the some of the these screws with I I couldn't tease on the top. How am I supposed to get this open? I'll have our flathead screwdrivers. <laughs> And that's why they had to leave. <laughs> we need to find a planet that doesn't have these. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's infuriating. A lot of the uh, the, the big moments in this movie where they try to make it uh, impactful. Yeah, uh, and they all just fall so flat. Mm-hmm. I, I I think there's a scene right. I think we're coming up on where Tiago, you know, he he kind of like sacrifices himself for Luca or Lucas, and they. So he dies, and then the fucking roof falls on the mech, killing the mech. Mm-hmm. Like you just ruined the big sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, or it doesn't. Isn't he shooting at the sea? Is he shooting at the roof to try and knock it? Try yeah, I thought it? he was shooting at the mech. That makes more sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. But it, from <laughs> what, from what I remember, actually, it doesn't make sense at all. You're gonna shoot the roof? I mean. I, I feel like at, at some point they have to realize that shooting at these mechs isn't working, so they need to try a plan B. But why? All right, so here, there, you have the scene in the prison where they mm-hmm. use the grenade. Yeah. And the grenade works, you know, it's gangbusters on these things, apparently. Yeah. Why not we, have other grenades? Yeah, right? And I, I'm assuming the, 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 the caliber of the bullet for the, mach- like the, the machine gun or what with the turret it's got to be pretty, pretty devastating, right? It's not your normal caliber. Mm-hmm. So why is it like, why are grenades the answer, but not anything else? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they don't explain it. This is this movie fails already. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it was, I was with the other so well. <laughs> yeah, I was with it up until that point, And then, you know, I had to walk away from it. Back on the truck, the team gives Gwen blood, and they reveal that they know she's an alien, so they interrogate her and ask her what she knows. Gwen says that her planet is dying, and they were sent out to find another planet that could sustain their lives, and they found this one. Their plan was to wipe out the population and take over the planet, and they come from Earth. Dun, dun, dun. That's the big reveal. This isn't Earth the whole time. Oh, no, I was wrong. It wasn't Earth all along. (laughs) Damn you. And then there's an explosion. And meanwhile, the gro- the group starts moving out on the base, trying to make it to the cache of missiles. They get into a firefight with the mechs. Meanwhile, a mech attacks the part of the base where Tiago and Luca is. Tiago tells Luca to run, and Tiago stays behind, unloading on the mech. And then he's ultimately vaporized, but then the ceiling collapses on top of the mech. Ashlaia and one of the soldiers makes it to the cache, which winds up being destroyed. So they have to come back to the command center to find it destroyed. And Billy Baldwin tells her that they don't know where Luke is. They then devise a plan to cause interference with the alien communications using one of the downed mechs to transmit a signal. Meanwhile, the mothership starts releasing more forces and the military truck has been overturned. And Gwen seems to be the only one that made it out without any injuries. One of the officers grabs her by the throat, plans to bring her in front of Billy Baldwin. Where, did you kind of get like, did you kind of go, ooh, when, when he did that? Like, oh, he, uh, yeah, kind of rough. I thought he was going to like strangle her right then and there. Right. Like, oh, damn, and then dude. like that would have been a good turn for Patlin. Like Patlin then uses a gun and kills him. Right. Right. Yeah. That would have been a good turn. But that's not what happens. Right. Cause no. Because he, he has that whole scene in the convenience store where he's like, guns aren't the answer. 
right. and let's say let's say the the officer Brennan is the only other one that survived the crash. He's like, I'm gonna. This is all your fault. I'm gonna kill you. And then that gives Patlin the opportunity to say, "Hey, sometimes guns are good." I don't know. I don't right? Know. Yeah, that's that, really that's... a good message. Um, oh, but it wouldn't be the first time we've seen that in a movie. Yeah. What is there is a movie specifically that does that that we've covered, and I can't think of which one it was. I, it was I remember like... when we talked about the new uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh yes, yes. That exactly. was right. The, the the girl that survived a traumatic experience with guns, and then it's like, oh, but all you need is a good guy with a gun to come <laughs> yeah, around. That's exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. Weird. Um, yeah. Then they devise plans. <laughs> Uh, grabs her by the throat, plans to bring her friend Billy Baldwin. Eshlaya tries to hack the system, but is running out of time as the mechs start to march on the base. But they, they just men. had a countdown clock the way Billy Baldwin was acting. Yeah. Two minutes. This is where the pocket knife comes back into play, where it just is managed to jimmy open uh, a console. She manages to hack the system and turn the alien drones against the mothership and start to fire on the mothership, which then immediately just crashes. And then the rest of the mechs fall when the mothership does. I like I like in this scene, you know, the, the mechs are attacking the base and Billy Baldwin is using binoculars mm-hmm. and they're no more than like 100 feet away. Like, <laughs> these things are as big as buildings and you're like, you need yeah. binoculars to see them. I can see them with my own eyes, dude. <laughs> right. They're, they're not very far, Billy. It's uh, I get it's for dramatic effect. You're, yeah. you're in charge, but. You could probably just use your own eyes there. Yeah, they're like they're like ten stories tall. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty pretty easy to spot. It's a clear day. <laughs> at that moment, the officer brings Patlin and Gwen to Billy Baldwin, but Baldwin tells him that Patlin is cool, so let him go for now. The officer Brennan tells Baldwin that Gwen is a, is the alien, but he immediately assumes that this means that aliens can morph into humans. And Gwen says that aliens did a recon mission, then realized the DNA structured matches the aliens. And then Eshelia freaks out on Patlin for helping the alien and pulls a gun on Gwen, telling her that she has lost everything because of them. And then Gwen tells her that she is at her mercy, and if Eshelia chooses to kill her, she will accept it. They notice that there are smaller ships coming off the mothership, and Gwen says that they aren't warships, they are refugee ships, and they're innocent people on them. And then Luke comes out of the back. After all this commotion, and <laughs> Ashlaya hugs him. Then she shows Gwen the video of Jutta, tells her he died because of her people. Gwen says she has family too, and they are on the refugee ship, but she understands the loss that Ashlaya has. And then that, that scene is so it's so cringy. Yeah. She gets on her knees. I am at your mercy. Yeah, it's weird. It's a little weird. Uh she treats her like she's like a, a judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah, yeah. Throw myself it's, at the mercy of the court, basically. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand the whatever planet they're on. The the inhabitants of this planet, like, and they're they're like baby face turn, you know, mm-hmm. right? Like they're they're being they're the ones that are attacked, and like oh, we're, but we need to show mercy to to this invader now for God knows what reason. She doesn't do anything. She hasn't helped them out in any way. Mm-mm. Right, she she's not the key to any of this. Yeah. So I I don't understand why Ashlaya is like you know you ruined everything, but I can't kill you. Why not? 
she did yeah. nothing for you because your your brother kind of has a thing with her. Yeah, I guess it's just the uh, the whole idea that they don't look, you know, if it's the difference between aliens that don't look like us versus aliens that look exactly like you, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, yeah. OK. Like, wow. What are we becoming? We're turning on ourselves by turning on them. You know, we are the walking dead. Exactly. Yeah. This movie is very walking <laughs> dead. Uh, like when it went to the prison, I was like, Jesus, this feels like the walking dead. Yeah. The uh, well, well, Gwen was very subservient to a person with authority with a gun because she is from her. Right. She knew better. Probably from the United States. Yeah. I, like, I, I got to follow this guy. <laughs> No, and and then they 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 turn on Billy Baldwin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he just loses favor immediately. Billy yeah. Baldwin. He prepares an airstrike despite everyone pleading with him to call it off. Eventually, yeah. the officer refuses to give the airstrike command, and everyone pulls guns with Billy Baldwin, who slinks away, <laughs> calling everyone traitors as he does. I don't know how they'd let him leave with a gun. Right. <laughs> He's like a cartoon villain. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you next time. Yeah, like they didn't go. Oh, he won't go out there and just start picking off these refugees one by one. (laughs) That's I fully expected him to come back at one point when they're all getting together to, you know, like I guess you know break bread in a way. Like Billy Baldwin's still out there with a gun. (laughs) What's to stop him from just coming in and blowing a few of them away? (laughs) Everyone else decides to make up and hug and then set out to meet the refugees with open arms. And then we fade out, and then Billy Baldwin somehow managed to steal an alien <laughs> spacecraft, pilot it through a wormhole, and back to Earth all by himself, and starts firing it on the planet. And that is the end of War of the Worlds colon Annihilation. The, the, my favorite acting in this movie is Billy Baldwin's uh, eye. <laughs> it's constantly twitching. Yes. Yeah. When he's he's getting ready to 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 fire, or he's he's having words with all of his his crew or whatever his soldier. There's nobody on that ship. No, it's a, yeah. Who's he talking to? <laughs> he's talking to himself. He piloted it himself. It's just let's see how they handle their own weapons. Fire <laughs> and like, what is going on? There's no, there's a bunch of empty seats behind him. <laughs> so weird. Who is he talking I to? I guess it's voice activated weapons too. Yeah, yeah, I man. First of all, we're never going to reach that level of uh, technology as a society because we're too stupid. Yeah, so yeah. Th- there's no chance in hell we're getting any of that. Secondly, h- how does he escape? How does he escape this situation where he's pretty much like being court-martialed, right? And they just let him go. Yeah, and he just runs away, and then somehow finds a perfectly working alien ship. It, it's such a f- fantastical ending. I I love the ending because it's it makes no sense. It, it's such a tonal shift I guess, from the rest of the movie. I guess that was the the final nudge when they show him shooting Earth. Yeah, like, I guess they had to spell it out, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, they had to set up the sequel. That's what uh, that's what Jen said. Like they wanted a sequel so badly in this. I mean, I, what's what's wrong with just keeping War of the Worlds the way it was? <laughs> yeah right I mean, why why did we need to introduce humans well, yeah who knows there might be a sequel i I doubt it because it, this one cost 22 million dollars but <laughs> that's a lot I, I do i do love how they offhandedly mentioned the original war of the world oh did, the, did they well they said they said yeah we sent scouts down here you know oh, okay. i didn't even make that connection yeah that's interesting because yeah i thought 
in the original War of the Worlds, it's Martians, isn't yeah. it? I, yeah, I thought I it was so. men or you know creatures from Mars. Yeah, but uh, I'm just like no, but that that could be. Yeah, entirely possible. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I so uh, Jen thought my wife thought the the whole thing with the water was like oh that's what took them down in the first War of the Worlds. Like, well, I think that's the one the the aliens from Signs. That's Signs. Yeah. That's signs. Yeah. But she said, uh, yeah, but it, like, isn't there like something small took them down? And it was, I think they said microbes, like essentially, yeah. you know, the common yeah. cold killed them. Yeah. So I thought that's what they were getting at. Like, oh, who knows what's in that water? It could kill them. But yeah, it just, I don't know why they had to try and reinvent the wheel here. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they, they didn't want to. Sp- it's crazy because they spent $22 million on this movie. I don't know right. where it went because I'm like, oh, well, they just wanted to save money without like having to have like prosthetics for aliens or something like that but it's like 22 million dollars could have paid for that easily yeah easily and you don't have to use a ton of different aliens you just make one or two Mm -hmm. and you use them over and over again did uh, now i i was curious i had a question for mark the the mechs yeah in it they kind of did they remind you of the metal gear solid robot yeah yeah like the, the the design was very sleek and the, the only difference is the because it's the first Metal Gear um, robot um, that that one has like they gave it like a shield and stuff like that. Like, OK, fine. But a lot of it's, you know, based off that and then slightly off of, you know, Gundam anime, you know, sort of with the giant mechs like Titans and Titanfall. And, you know, it all comes from the same culture, essentially. But. Yeah, you could see somebody played a video game before when creating the robots in this movie. Yeah. Because um, even the bigger ones resembled something I've seen in a video game before. Interesting. All know, right. The ones that kind of looked like a T-Rex. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, it, it looked like, because to me it reminded me a little bit of the, um, again, the, the, the Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. And then the, um, oh, what's the, the, the robot from RoboCop? Oh, oh e something. Yeah, I can, you you know what I'm talking about yeah. though. From the first RoboCop, it's like the uh, the bipedal uh, yeah. flat top machine. ED209. Yes. So it it, it res- resembled that a little bit. Yeah, and the, the ATSTs from uh, Empire Strikes Back. That yeah, yep. might be what I'm thinking up with the giant. Yeah. Or uh, Return of the Jedi, actually. Yeah, like the the head part of the of the big ones with the with the force fields around them looked a lot like uh, the Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh again, you know, just a very a lot of dull moments in this movie, a lot of really bad line reading, unfortunately. And I I don't want I'm not putting this on the at the feet of the actors. I think they do the best that they can with what is available to them. Um but yeah, just a a, a lot of a lot of scene chewing in 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 most scenes. Uh I didn't I I I wasn't uh, connected to any of the characters like after a while i was trying to figure out why do we have the brother in this movie the 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 doctor mm-hmm. right because they, they don't meet up until the very end of the movie and we know nothing about their uh relationship you know ashlaya and uh uh what was his, his name pet petlin patlin patlin yeah we, we don't know their relationship like did they love each other did they like was there kind of a rift you know, it, the, there's nothing connecting us there. So why I don't care if they meet up or not. Um, yeah, uh, I think he's the humanity of this movie. OK, right? that's his storyline. 
Yeah. Because like, um, he's helping Gwen. Right. It, 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 I think it would have been better to just follow one or the other. I, I don't, gotcha. I didn't want both of them. Interesting. Uh, okay. And I would have rather have just stu- stuck with Ashlai and Lucas. You know, they, they, they have, they suffer the most in this mm-hmm. movie. Right? They, they lose their father, their classmates. Uh, they, they meet up with Tiago and that like you have that kind of relationship going. I'd rather just follow that. I, I don't really know if I needed uh, Patlin in this. Well, I guess he's to have to give the reason why the alien soldier wasn't killed immediately, essentially. Yeah, yeah, because he's a doctor. He's trying to help people. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. But yeah, that, that, for was the, the, that was the excuse they came up with for that. I, I wonder if you could have just made the twist just at the end. Like a la M Night Shyamalan, right? You like mm-hmm. you don't you don't need Gwen in it to to spell it out. Oh, you know this is humanity. Yeah, because you could have like uh, Ashlaya could have figured you know a la Jeff Goldblum, given the mothership the virus, the cold, uh, shot down their mothership, and then they're they're going to inspect the ship, and they just find a bunch of people who look like them, and you know like maybe you could show like, the or captain's like- lot. Like yeah, an like, American flag on the side of the ship. Exactly. Yeah, like Captain's Log. You know, we left. We left the USA on this date. Blah blah blah. And now uh, we think mm-hmm. we found a compatible, uh, compatible planet. Like, oh, all right. Like they, the, the characters wouldn't know. Like the USA or America or Earth means nothing to them because it's not their mm-hmm. planet. But to the viewer, obviously, it, it means something. It, there's a connection there. Yeah. Yep. This movie was a chore. But it was. I'm sorry, over. guys. It's OK. It's really when it comes out to it, it's their listeners fault. Right. And, you know, I, I, we were we got some feedback on the Twitter poll, which is always we, we love that. And, you know, we always highly encourage it. And someone had the same reason for picking this as I did, because it's a Billy Baldwin movie. Right. So, so Billy Baldwin still puts asses in the seats, I guess. He yeah. does. It's not like that <laughs> Daniel. Right. Yeah, what is he doing? He's just mooching. Yeah, not a damn thing. That's for damn sure. I, I, I always, anytime I see something with a Baldwin in it, I always just imagine what their family gatherings are. And I always think it's never good. Yeah. Because they're all very pretentious people, it seems like. Yeah, they're probably just all assholes. <laughs> right. Yeah, they 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 just they they're all very passive aggressive to each other and I I can't I think Alec is too is too big of a name to even attend his own family's uh gatherings. I would imagine if the four of them are together, the way it goes is that uh Alec, Billy and Daniel just like playfully joke with the other bus balls. Steven tries to butt in and they all just jump on Steven and tell him to shut up. And- <laughs> why are you keep coming back steven yeah it's like oh man here. oh man you're you know whatever i can't think of a good insult because you know brotherly insult for the ball of winds and then steven goes oh yeah daniel you're this and shut up steven i but everyone could hold over you know again it, it's it, it's in poor taste but allegedly allegedly yeah like that's you you hold that over alex head forever if you really want to be an asshole yeah all right um i think that's it we uh we talked about it and it's over. Now we can yeah. move on with our we've, lives. We've squoze in our whole supply here. <laughs> Let us never speak of War of the Worlds: Colon Annihilation ever again. Yep, I I agree. 
<laughs> so that's going to wrap this up this week. Uh, check out uh, us out on the socials and all that good stuff. We've got another episode planned for next week as we do every week. So I don't even know why I say that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> just to let everyone know, maybe people get yeah. a, they get scared. This is not our planned last episode. So rest assured, we'll eventually have another one probably next week, but who knows? Um, uh, yeah. All right. We're getting out of here. The director of War of the Worlds Annihilation was Maximilian Elfeld. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling Maximilian Elfeld, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? Thanks for listening to They Called Us a Movie. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TicTampod. That's T-C-T-A-M-Pod. You can also check us out on TikTok at They Called Us a Movie.